Thea, once again, thanks a lot for being on the Stepsera podcast. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So for the few people who don't know you, because you, uh, you have quite a big following, you are the um, founder and chief happiness officer at Arrive at Happy. Um, we've, been, we've been in touch for, for the last few weeks, and, and we decided that today we have a chat about uh, positive thinking, first and foremost. And uh, then we'll touch upon um, Arrive at Happy and, uh, and you know, you'll, you'll share with us, um, you know, the, the, the mission of your, of your project, what you're trying to achieve, what you're working on now. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to know to more on that. So first things first, um, Dia, I'll, I will ask you to maybe introduce yourself, um, tell me a little bit about your background and why are you so invested in the topic of positive thinking, mental health and happiness overall? Absolutely. So I'm originally from British Columbia, Canada, and I had a wonderful, really fun career in hospitality and led sales and marketing teams in hotels in the Hawaiian Islands, New York City, Istanbul, Turkey, and Los Angeles. And I've always been a very positive, happy person. I've had ups and downs, just like all human beings, but have always prioritized my happiness and, and positive living. And I created this company four years ago out of my own struggles. And I was really challenged with, with staying happy and balancing my corporate career and being a new mom and marriage and just at life. It felt very, very overwhelming. And so I started researching the science of happiness, positive psychology, neuroscience, coaching, happiness at work, employee morale you know, you name it and, and created this company because I wanted to help and motivate as many people as possible through the science of happiness and happiness at work. Interesting. So, and correct me if I'm wrong. So basically positive thinking is sort of a, a keyword um, in, uh, in your life. I mean, like you, you, you decided to um, leave, you know, a safe career to jump into obviously a new adventure. And all of this was driven by ultimately, you know, a drive towards happiness and, and positivity. Yes, absolutely. So prior to having kids, I definitely felt like life was more simple. And so had this very busy corporate career and, you know, of course the salary bonus, all of the, all the bells and whistles and the benefits and um, was, I, I say I was a happy workaholic. I really was. I loved my career. Yet when I became a parent, what became very clear to me was that I wanted more flexibility. I wanted more, more uh, control over how I spent my time, you know, working 8.30 to whatever, six every day. That wasn't working for me because I wasn't able to pick up my daughter from daycare and just these, these things that I had never dealt with before. And so I had to find new ways. And part of that was becoming an entrepreneur and starting my own company so that I could continue to live a positive life, even though my lifestyle had changed quite drastically. Hmm. So, you know, speaking of positive thinking, I, and I'm, I don't know whether that's a mistake or not, but every time we touch upon positive thinking, I am drawn towards this law of attraction. And this is, has become a huge thing since The Secret, you know, both the book and the movie are the two things associated um, is positive thinking and the fact that positive thinking ultimately leads to a positive outcome 
basically a pseudoscience or there is there actually a scientific foundation to it? So I am not an expert on the law of attraction and I haven't researched. So I don't want to, you know, speak to that. Mm -hmm. um, well, I don't want to, I don't want to um, speak in terms of as from an expert perspective, but what I will say is that from a positive psychology perspective and positivity is where you put your focus, right? So positive thinking. So two people could wake up on different sides of the globe and for example, lose their job, right? They both wake up and they lose their job and maybe they have a family and responsibilities, etc. So one person could have a series of thoughts such as my life is over. I'm never going to make as much money again. This is a disaster. My husband or wife is going to leave me. My kids are going to think I'm losers. Da, 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 da. The same person could wake up and say, wow, that was very unexpected. Not what I planned to happen today, but what a gift. I'm actually going to now do something that I've always dreamed of. I am going to become happier, more successful than I ever have. So positive thinking is a focus, right? On any given day in our work, in our life, good things are happening and unfortunate things are happening. And positive thinking is where do you want to put most of your focus? And it's not a naive, you know, I, I honestly do not believe that if you just sit and think about things, they will happen to you you know, like the secret, like you can just will it. I come from the school of you can create anything in your life that you want, but it takes effort and you need to work at it, right? You want to have a thriving marriage. You can't just sit on your couch and think about it. No, you need to put effort. You want to have an incredible business. You need to put effort towards that, right? But I do believe that when you focus on more things that are positive in life, your life is going to be a more positive experience. I do believe that wholeheartedly because energy is contagious. Emotions are contagious. If you are, you're going to attract different people with a negative mindset versus a positive mindset, right? So I hope I, I, hope I answered your question um, with, with those few stories. Yeah, brilliantly, actually. Um, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect uh, asking that question, but I believe that the answer was was perfect. So thank you for that. Um, let me ask you, do you believe you need to be naturally inclined to be a good positive thinker? Naturally inclined. Do you mean genetically? By, what do you mean by naturally inclined? Yeah, I believe, I believe genetically, um, probably. So do you need to have some sort of predisposition in order to be able to, you know, be drawn towards uh, thinking positively? Um, or, you know, or do you, do you, is it something that you train over time? Is it, there, are there some people that are maybe better at this than others without any, any practice? Can you maybe, you know, give me your two cents around that? So yeah, I would say yes, all of the above. So our genetics and our genetic history, right? It's not just your parents, it's your whole genetic history. Think about all the generations and the people that make up you do contribute to your personality. Just like I have dark hair and blue eyes because of my genetics, a lot of my personality does come from, from your genetic history, but that's not all of it. So it contributes part of it, right? Another part is our life circumstances. So if you live, if you're a lawyer in the middle of Shanghai, 
or you are, you know, a farmer in the mountains of Costa Rica, right? Your, all your life circumstances, big family, small family, where you live, what you do, all of that also contributes to how positive you see the world, how happy you are when you wake up every single day. But our life circumstances actually are a, a lot smaller of a contributor than most people think. And the other piece of the pie are our daily choices. So we have, and this is one of the reasons why I'm obsessed with the science of happiness, because it is proven that every single day we make thousands of choices and there are choices that we make that make us happier and to see the world in a more positive light. And then there are choices that we make that do the opposite. So for example, if you do not sleep, if you sleep less than seven or nine hours, it's going to be very difficult to see the world in a positive way. If you eat really, really unhealthy food, it's going to be very difficult. If you do not exercise, it's going to be really difficult to see the world in a positive light. If you don't spend time outside, if you don't connect with your friends and family, so on and so forth, meaning and purpose. I could go on and on. There are so many choices. Um, if you choose to meditate, it is proven to make you more positive, right? So, um, our genetics do play a part, but there's a lot within our control. And because of all of the research over the last 20, 30 years in adult neuroplasticity and neurogenesis, right? Our brains do not stay the same. You can, you can change your physical brain based on your choices, based on your behaviors, either for the better or for the worse. So what I try and motivate people to do is to make choices that helps their brain and their life for the better so that they can have a more positive experience. Is it my business to ask whether there was something, either you know, specific choices that you made or specific life circumstances that helped you in this path towards um, positive thinking, ultimately you know, chasing happiness? Yeah, I mean, I would say yes, many choices. So starting in my childhood, there were some very difficult experiences that I went through in terms of just my nuclear family. And so I saw my parents make choices that made them happier or less happy. Moving forward, I was quite lost and unhappy sort of when I finished high school, I was starting university, had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, because of some traveling experiences and exposure that I got to see other parts of the world, I then made a choice to leave freezing cold Canada and move to the Hawaiian islands, which made me extremely happy. And I found something that I really wanted to study and that I was passionate and interested about. And then years after living in the Hawaiian islands, I found myself not very happy again. And I made another choice to move to New York city. And then I made myself happier again. So, um, and, and those are, you know, just, just a few examples, you know, I have a very clear connection to my inner joy and my inner happiness. And so when life events and when there's challenges that move me away from that, I consciously, and sometimes it might, it's taken a year or two. Sometimes I can get back there in a few months but I'm always working to get back to that place of, I say sort of that childhood joy. Um, and because I have gone away from it and come back, gone away from it and come back so many times, I know that you can get back there. It takes effort. It takes work, just like keeping a healthy body. You want to keep a healthy mind and, and stay positive. It's continuous effort and work. 
Um, but I know that you can always get back there. Thanks for sharing, Tia. And would, would you say that, you know, happiness is the actual ultimate goal? And can you, you know, we speak about happiness and for some people that's just uh, some sort of a, you know, concept thrown out there or a buzzword, but you think, is it actually attainable? Is it achievable? Absolutely. I definitely think it's attainable. Now I will say it, you know, there are seven, over 7 billion people on earth. There are some, you know, if you are not getting your needs, if you are struggling to have a roof over your head and you are hungry and you cannot feed your family and all, you are not worrying about happiness. You are, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You need to get your needs met. And there are some people who have been dealt a, a, you know, a deck of cards in life where they have a loving family and, you know, support and, you know, so it's not, it's not, everyone does not start off on an equal level in terms, in terms of happiness, right? And it is a very personal journey, but I believe that for so many people around the world that they, they can absolutely increase their happiness and, and, and create, can create a life, you know, where, where they get there. And you asked if it's sort of the ultimate goal, you know, for me personally, happiness comes from helping other people, right? And this is the Dalai Lama's message is when you are, when you are helping other people, when you're compassionate, maybe you're helping animals, maybe you're helping the earth, right? When we are helping others and making others happier or making others, taking away some of their suffering and having their life of ease, we are going to feel happier, right? But it's really in that essence of, 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 of giving and helping, right? So some people might think, okay, happiness is sort of this selfish quest. And I say, absolutely not. It's when you're lifting others up. And because it's because our emotions are so contagious, right? So I'm a parent, I have two daughters, you know, what's the biggest gift I can give my daughters is my positive, happy energy, which in turn, I'm hoping will help them and say with husband or family members or friends, right? This idea of lifting of others up with you it's not it's not a selfish endeavor interesting which which brings me to arrive at happy right because what what you are doing and i'll i'll i'll, I'll give you the the stage so to speak but what you are doing with arrive at happy is to is is helping professionals individuals but also teams achieve that sort of positivity can can you tell us a little bit more about what is arrive at happy and, and what are you trying to achieve at the moment Yes, thank you. So I partner with organizations and companies to help them grow, to help the businesses, to help them grow. And how I do it is I work with leaders and teams and I teach them how to be more successful through this journey of happiness, because there's a direct connection between happiness and positivity and your professional success. Research has proven it. Ivy League studies have have proven it in multiple ways. And so I give them tools and strategies so that they could be more successful, right? Using the science of happiness and neuroscience. And the other uh, area where, where I do my work is I teach leaders specifically how to increase the happiness and morale of their employees so that their customers are happier. They have more loyalty. They make more money. And it's also the right thing to do. You know, I, I believe that leaders have a huge responsibility. If you're in charge of three people or 30,000 people, 
you have influence, right? And the research has shown that, you know, toxic negative leaders not only negatively influence the employees, but they influence the employees' families. So you might be negatively affecting someone's children if you are not a positive leader. And so that that's the majority of, of the work that I do. And I do it through retreats and speaking and master classes and consulting in working with companies to really help them grow through this journey of, of happy leaders and happy employees. And that's that's phenomenal. And and you since you mentioned leaders, um, would you then agree that this, you know, this whole process is mainly a top-down approach? Um, do you do you believe in the opposite that it makes sense also to consider a bottom-up approach? And this is sort of a standard question when it comes to um, you know um, how to change things in, within an organization. But I, I was hoping you would maybe um, give me give me your your view on that. Yeah, my view from working in companies for 15 years and then also now working with companies running Arrive and Happy is that it is both. You need to have buy-in and you need to have input from all levels of the organization. But if you don't have the right people creating a really positive, thriving culture from the top, it's going to be very difficult to create a positive culture. So you need the executives and you need the, the energy coming from the top to be walking the walk. Otherwise it's not authentic. It's not sustainable and employees will, will see through it. So I, I definitely believe that, that the top needs to, needs to be engaged and needs to have authentic buy-in. Here more of a tricky question for you then. Would you think that Arrive at Happy would have worked, say, 20 years ago? Hmm. Good question. So there is a wonderful company in Denmark that I studied with called Woohoo Inc. that has been doing corporate happiness work. And Europe is a lot farther ahead than North America in terms of the happiness at work concept. And they've been around maybe 16 or 17 years. Um, the, the world now is definitely at a place where it, there's a more of an openness, right? Because of the spread of positive psychology and because of the neuroscience research and even all of the research on emotional intelligence, right? All of these different um, mindfulness, you know, et cetera, um, that there is, there's a more openness and leaders are more receptive to it. And I think that what's happened with COVID and the global pandemic and every, how it's affected everyone personally, as well as, you know, the economies around the world, that the well-being of employees is now, you know, CEOs and executives like it or not, the well-being of employees has been thrown on their desk. It's no longer sitting in HR's office where it's like, you know, we need to do a holiday party and whatever. Right. So I think that there are a lot of silver linings that have come out of this that will help employee well-being and have companies look at the whole person and the whole person experience versus just here's an employee let's get results and, and economic output from these employees 100 thanks for thanks for sharing that um let's let's pretend that this you know wasn't an up-and-coming podcast but we actually had millions and millions of views and and we could sort of help you you know find the right candidate to land in, in, in your lab sort of and work with Arrive at Happy. Is there a specific 
candidate, a specific company or type of leader that you say are fitting the profile of, of the professional that you want to help? Is there a specific company that um, Arrive at Happy would be particularly effective for? So I will say I work with all different types of, of industries and, and types of companies, um, but the I would say on it's the majority are companies that are, are B2C companies where they are very, very focused on their customer experience and by elevating the leaders and the employees, right? It directly affects the, the consumer experience. So, you know, there isn't a type of company. Um, I work with legal companies, insurance, finance, hospitality, of course, with my background, beauty companies, and so on. Um, but I will say the type of people who bring me in are on their own personal journey, right, of, of um, being interested in elevating their own happiness and the type of people that have a, a huge heart and want to bring that in to the to the organization. That's great, and and that's that's a really good answer. Um, Tia, once again, thank you so much for doing this. What is the best way for people to reach out to you and get in touch and know more about Arrive at Happy? Thank you. Yeah, my website I would say is the best. Arriveathappy.com. You can also find me on YouTube. Tia Graham, Arrive at Happy. I do a weekly video. Um, there's a podcast on my website, etc. And I always like connecting with people on LinkedIn as well. So those would be the main places. And if that's of any help, I'll, uh, I'll confirm to anybody who's listening to this, like you're, you're extremely approachable, very easy to get in touch with, and you have a phenomenal Instagram channel other than, you know, a podcast and a website. So uh, very easy to find you and, uh, and highly recommend it. So Tia, once again, thank you so much for doing this. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, I'll obviously keep in touch with you and hopefully, you know, we'll get to do this again uh, sometime in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.